Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Take TV podcast, the Round 8 review. We're going to go through some different things this week, buy plannings on the agenda. Um, got to start thinking about that coming up in about a month's time. We're going to do the, do the injury room. There's a few um, highly owned players coming off injury or um, having some injury concerns. A few players with issues, mostly notable is Zach Butters. A lot of people are trading out currently, um, getting into some targets uh, with the buys as well. So, you know, upgrade targets we're looking at. And then our trades and, and who we're looking to trade out, maybe who we think are trade outs or who we should keep holding through the buys and then some rookies and then obviously captains to finish it off. So we'll welcome in the boys. We've had a good week this week, boys. George, how did you go, mate? Went pretty well this week, you know. Uh, 2,386. Um, ranked about, I want to say, 15K, somewhere around there. Um, so, yeah, exact same total points as JD. I don't know. The start I've had, I feel like I should be uh, well behind. But obviously, you skillfully picked Jared Witts, and that's helped you rank a lot. <laughs> um, but, yeah, had a, had a decent week. No Stewart, no Gorn, no Steel. Very, very lucky this week. I won't get another week as fortunate as this. So keep moving forward and hopefully uh, keep moving up. JD, how did you go, mate? Yeah, twenty three ninety eight this week, which uh, was exactly the one thousandth best score for the round this week, which was good. Moving up the ranks a fair bit, as well as George mentioned, we're, we're sitting around fifteen k. Feeling very good that I'm actually neck and neck with George, given he started such a better team than me. Like he started gone, he started Will Brody, he started all these really good picks that I missed. Still, really, <laughs> yes, steal all these great picks that I uh, I didn't have, and so for us to be tired at this point, I'm pretty happy I've been able to trade myself into this position. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm flying. I think the positive attitude is definitely paying uh, dividends. I feel. <laughs> It is funny looking at how somehow you guys are on the exact same after taking taking such vastly different paths to get there. But um, twenty three eighty from me. I still don't know how I've scored the worst of us three. That is still pissing me off the day later. But <laughs> obviously, I had the the Shrek VC and I had Stuart and Steele. So if they actually decide to show up for a week, I could have could have gone more. But yeah, I'm about twenty points behind you guys at sixteen k. So we're all about the same, which is pretty funny. But starting to make movement upwards which is which is what we want um so let's hopefully um, continue to do that so by planning we, we put that on the agenda you got to start thinking about what players and primos you have um out in each buy i think a lot of us are already sort of skewed towards the back last buy which is which is good but you got to look at if you're going to bring in these players with the first buy and is that gonna is that gonna hurt you for on-field scoring and and whatnot so I'll go to you first, George. What what are you thinking when planning for the buys and, and how is your team specifically looking? I'm quite happy with how I'm looking for the buys. Um, it's a bit of a balancing act. I think the round, the middle buy is going to be a bit tough for me. I've had Parker, Heaney and Dunkley. And then um, basically I'll probably get Cooper Stevens next week. I have all these mid-rookies, you know, Clark McComb, plus uh, McRae and Took. So I might have five outs in the middle by in the midfield. So that might cause some headaches. So I have to hopefully work around that and trade one of them out, one of the rookies out by then. But yeah, just the, the midfield in the middle by is definitely my issue. And um, I think I should be fine other than that. So I'm more than happy to like, I'm quite happy to bring in like Steel before his buy um, just because I'm perfectly fine for the first buy. So um, ideally, you get him after the buy, but 
um, take the points two rounds before the buys, I guess, and yeah, trade someone on in the same buy. So it's kind of kind of the same thing anyway. So I think I'm quite happy with where I'm at for the buy. What about you, Jackson? Oh, thank you, <laughs> Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> um, didn't know we we're getting formal just at a, like five minutes into the podcast. We'll get to Ben um, after. Or we'll get to Benjamin. Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir, Benjamin. Um, uh, of the Shrek variety. So, all right. So, like, firstly, for those that are new to um, Supercoach, like, what happens during the buys? So, you of your 22 on field, only your best 18 scores count for the week. So, the goal is generally to have 19 or preferably r- roughly 20 players on. You get the best 18 scores. You drop a couple of bad rookie scores, whatever it may be. And if you are able to plan your buy rounds, so you do this each week, you've got about 20 on each week, you'll generally go up in positions pretty well compared to others. And the best way to make sure that you've you've got this 20 during the week is back-ending your last buy with rookies. So this is where like Dacos or like a capped out Will Brody or whoever it is is really handy because they're maxed out in price. They've got that last buy. And then once, you know, the first couple of buys have gone by, you're trading in players that are coming off their buy like a steal. And you end up, you know, being able to field a, a really nice team through it. Uh, so for me personally, I think the crunch point is going to be the round 12 by the first buy. And that's because of both the defense and the forward line. So down back, um, I've got, you know, popular picks in short Hewitt and Whitfield that are all missing that first buy. And then um, in the forward line, I've got Cogs, Butters, Nick Martin, who are also all missing that um, first buy. So that's just a lot of like better players that I have on field. And I think the challenge is that when we look at the rookies this week, the best rookie options, they've all got that first buy as well. And so that makes it really tricky. Uh, how do I actually balance my team to make sure I can kind of field that kind of 19, 20 target for the first buy? But once I get through that, I think my team's set up really well for the rest of the buys. And I'm, I'm not too worried about 13 or 14. It's just making sure I get through the, the first buy all right. Um, and anyway, what, what about yourself? How, how are you going? Uh, and what are some of the pitfalls that people should be um, looking out for? How many how many primos is too many in a line? Because I'm, you know, considering bringing in my fourth primo mid that has the last buy. Is that too many? So anyway, over to you. Yeah, it's so dependent on those rookies, isn't it? And you already mentioned how annoying it is with those options being the first buy. Because, I mean, there's Doherty throw-in as well, who we don't own, but many, many do. Um, so I'm tempted. Like, I've got DeConing, obviously, Dacos and Hinge, and I'm just, I think, going to be holding them through that buy. They'll really help me there. And then the midfield, yeah, like Hamilton, Rioli, I'll probably be getting this week. They, they, they don't play. I've already got Steele, which you guys don't, who's out as well. Bruce and Hayes are out, so that doesn't help. You, you praise owners either. That's, you know, you... Hopefully, got a rookie option there. You can you can field maybe I don't know if you get a Stranatica or something. Um, but I got Darcy, so that helps. But yeah, I think I, I'm pretty right. It's like really evenly spread. I didn't do this by any planning, but since I've got like Stewart Dawson for the in defence, and it's actually spread out pretty nicely for me. Like that middle buy for forwards that you already spoke about is is pretty pretty average. With like the top four forwards are what both two Sydney and two dogs. So. I don't think you can go in with all four of them through that buy. To begin with, you might have to hold off on one. So um, I'll probably be doing that. But it's actually looking not too bad. We just need those rookies to hold their spot through the buy. That's the biggest thing and something we really can't control. But 
you got to, we got to nail those rookies. So, you know, out of those three options this week in Hamilton, Rioli and, and Carroll, hopefully we nail the two that, that keep playing through and we'll obviously talk about that later on. But yeah, it's definitely a balancing act. And um, as you said, if you get it right, you, it's a really big opportunity to, to shoot yourself right up the ranks because if people don't look at it too much, they're, they're always t- um, bound to, to have a really bad bye week. Um, whereas if you can have three solid ones, you're just going to go up and up and up. So um, it's always the spot to make ranks and, and hopefully that's that's where we'll do it this, this season. Out of curiosity, uh, which rookies are you holding throughout the bye? So specifically, are you guys holding, say, Nick Martin and Dacos? I think Nick Martin might going might actually help by the time it gets to his bye for that forward line. So he's one that, I mean, he's averaging ninety. He's not someone that needs to go, but um, but it I just mean, might really thing, help. Yeah, the difficult thing with Martin is he's probably got at least a couple more weeks of decent cash gen. So he's at three eighty four at the moment, and you could easily see him get up to I don't know four twenty four thirty something like that. Which is, yeah, um, possible. And then, uh, like, the hard part with Nick Barton is that he shares the buy with Cogs and Butters who are both underperforming at the moment and kind of have some doubts about their ability to keep them. So I, I could see myself, like, realistically trading out of one of those two and holding um, Martin. Yeah. And then Dacos, I think you, I would ideally hold through the buys and trade him during that period. But he's basically capped out at cash at the moment. And if I want to keep on upgrading, he's the type of player I'm going to have to trade in. So the ones that I look like I'm holding at the moment are probably more likely to be uh, McCartan and DeConning, who both have still more cash to make and good job security and like a decent buy for their line. It'll be the new ones that we're bringing in now. So like McComb last week, Clark, whenever you bring him in, Carol Hamilton, Rioli Jr., these types. Uh, and then probably someone like McDonald who hasn't made enough cash to like warrant trading out and also has the last buy in DPP, which was pretty handy during it. So yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm thinking at the moment. But it's it's pretty tricky because the really at this point, trading in last round buys would probably be handy on the rookie front and just none of those are popping up. Yeah, it's it's tough. like those Hawks boys you said. They're like guys that people may be looking to use in order to upgrade. But having the last buy is really beneficial if they if they play up until then. So yeah, it's a tough one. We got to pray those rookies hold, and and hopefully we can assess and pick the right ones. We'll go to the injury room. There's a few guys coming off injury or just had some concerns on the weekend. So the guys that are due to come back, um, we hope are, are Hewitt. English and Bont, so they're all a test. I think we said if you didn't watch that uh, video we did on Friday about George Hewitt, you pretty much had to trade him um, that you know the week before the week just gone, and and then hope or you know predict that he is going to be out another week or two. But I think we're all you guys pretty confident he should be back. I mean, we don't know; he has to get through the week. But um, I know we all held, so we've all got our fingers crossed there. English back after, I mean, they've been pretty precautionary with him off his hammy. They've given him three and it's basically four weeks now to, to recover. So um, he'll, he's going to be popular and one to look at, you know, after his first five or six weeks of the year. And then the big one's Max Gorn, who George was looking at look, getting in this week. Are you a bit, bit concerned now, mate? What's What have you heard here? <laughs> if he plays, I'll still grab him. I yeah. don't know. He, he said he's he'll be pushing for him to be selected there's some little snippet of him saying that uh, the club is making him go in for scans and he thinks he's fine so it sounds like he'll play i think he wants to stat pad against west coast 
<laughs> and look, Parker, JD, I think you might have caught more of the game than me and George did, but he rolled his ankle and didn't score like less than 10 points in the second yeah, half. I mean, he was on 80 at halftime, finished the game on 89. It was looking like a genius trade-in to that point. I brought him in both my Supercoach and Fantasy sides as well, so I had a fair bit riding on Parker as a pick and was loving the first half of that game. But yeah, apparently rolled his ankle and that might partly explain why he slowed up a fair bit in... The second half, but I mean, rolled ankles, you never usually miss a week or anything from that. So probably um, like, yeah, not not a, yeah. not a problem going forward. Just unfortunate that it, it uh, hurt his scoring on the week just gone. Unless you're Josh Kelly and you roll it four <laughs> times after doing it the first time last year. <laughs> yeah, but not brought that up. <laughs> um, last one's um, Jordan Ridley, but he should be back. Just one of those guys that was laid out with the illness JD, so I assume him to be back with, with the rest of those. That's right. Pretty unfortunate. I did see a few people where they've either taken like a Gibka score or a, or a SDK through the loop. And, and this is something I've, um, you might have seen me say in the Discord. And since obviously I play a bit of FPL, something I advocate for, whereas get rid of the emergencies and set our benches in one, two, three, or whatever yeah. line it is, the order of you would like them to come on for someone because people have used a loophole. And then Ridley's laid out and they haven't been able to emergency the other person. They're locked and they've got a zero for no reason when they've got blokes that could have covered. So that's an unfortunate situation. I saw a few people in which it's just a donut you shouldn't be copying. But um, I guess that's the game and, and the, the, the part of it. But it's, it's just really unfortunate. All right, some issue players. George wanted this at the top of the agenda. He, he wants to bake someone, I think. But. Zach Butters. It's, it's just unfortunate because we're all about positivity and optimism now. <laughs> I want to get talking about Darcy and his bounce Targets, back game and what yep. we've been able to do. Yeah, the guys we're looking forward to bringing in. And George, no, 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 no problems. He wanted let's, it at the top. Focus on the negatives. You're going to have poor scores in your team every week, all right? That's just part I can't of have this. <laughs> They're not problem children just because they've had one or two bad games. He was games, already working four. out how to oh. trade out Butters before the round had even finished. So, right, so I'll, I'll be holding Butters. In my video, I'm like, I'm trading him, trading him. <laughs> I'm holding. Uh, I think I'm trading Lipinski. Maybe we'll see. But I think uh, against North, the, the thing is, the, the good preseason is still there. He's shown a decent ceiling. He's looked all right when he's on. There's no injury. It's a form thing. Um, the the hard element of this is he's not actually proven over a full season. So I guess this is Butters a bit up and down. But the thing is, you trade him, he, he scores 130. You hold him, <laughs> he scores 50. And we're having this discussion again next week. Um, I guess we thought he would be a premium. You know, you hear all these great things about preseason. That doesn't go out the window now. So I'll, I'd advocate for holding another week. Um, in other formats, I'm more than happy to get rid of him, just other opportunities. But um, this week against North, I think he's a hold. But yeah, it's low disposal counts, contested possessions down again. Um, he, in his bad games, he's had really low contested possessions. And like, I start to wonder, is his game style actually sustainable? Because he's so reckless, puts his head over the footy, gives away silly free kicks. It's rinse, repeat. So... You know, are we going to see a big score this week? Probably. Are we going to see another bad score the week after? Maybe. Currently predict. So watch against North. If he pulls a 50 against North, then that trade button is getting a workout. <laughs> Any what differing do you think, JD? views, JD? Yeah, I, I, the big question for me was going to be, what is your benchmark, your hurdle um, score for him next week from not to be traded out? 
Does it have to be a ton? Would you take a mid nineties? Yeah, no, he just needs to look good. He I needs to have that attack on the ball again, not yep. just disappear. Uh, the quote coming out of Port was that they're going to persist with him in the midfield. So they definitely haven't lost faith with him, even though he's had kind of bad games ever since he's had that um, bout of gastro. But I mean, even up until that point, he dropped a couple of 50s before that, I think. So, yeah. I think it's just the nature of his scoring. It's so up and down. There's no consistent base. It's yeah. It was even the same last year, I guess. But he obviously came off that injury. You can't really um. You got to cut him some slack there. But you got to give him this North game, boys. I'm sorry. Like we can cut out Sean Darcy, but the entire Freo midfield, I think, averaged about one fifteen, one twenty against North in the week. Just gone. Like I know Butters is probably not getting as much mid time as Freo's sort of core guys, but he'll be getting enough to to prove himself. And who knows? North may respond, but. Really, they looked very, very poor and they have pretty much all year. So you got to give him that game. If you take out the gastro game, I guess that's probably the only one genuine excuse. It's For still 50. low nine, low 90s yeah. average because his time on, he spent most of the game. I think it was like 60s time on ground. He looked awful. He looked pale in the game. So like <laughs> call that a, call that one a write-off. Mm. And there's been another few excuses there. But if you take out that, it's still low 90s. And he's got a ceiling of 150 in him and it's it, it will come at some point. So... We'll speak about this again next week, I think. But you don't want to be that guy that trades him and he goes 150. Because I've done that with how many premiums now? Gorn and Steel. So, um, yeah. that's Yeah. yeah. I guess so they're I more proven. But whole, yeah. yeah. We'll go into his forward counterpart and someone we were just talking about in the buy section. But Cogs, these two do share the same buy. And, um you know, we sort of did envisage that maybe one of them has to go to help us there. And he's just getting zero mid-time. It's just not happening. He's, um, we thought maybe it was when Lockie Ash was doing tagging for two or three weeks. He might get more after that stopped. But Lockie Ash wasn't tagging as far as I can aware on the weekend. And he was in the midfield over Cogs. So I don't know what's going on there. I don't know if it's going to change. You can never tell with that club and that coach. What are we thinking about Cogs? I'll start with you, JD. Is it, it's not like a concerned priority you know trader but it is a little concerning yeah so uh, i mean he's had low cba since round three and he scored okay during that period he's got west coast in two weeks which i think is a pretty positive sign and his break even's not cooked yet either like i think he's still like a 70 or 80 or something he's break even he had a what a good score a couple weeks ago so i think um of the options we've kind of talked about like with you know butters for example Cogs is someone I'd be more likely to hold in the short term just because those have got those things going for him. And then if you were still unsure about him, move him on during the buys. But look, you could always hope that Leon Cameron's been sacked by that point and things will turn around just based on that. We could be bringing in lots of GWS players. Like Kelly might be a trading option. Who knows? Um, but yeah, like I'm, uh, I think it's you baffling someone. Yeah. I wouldn't be trading him over Butters. And if I didn't have Butters, I probably still wouldn't be trading Cogs this week anyway. I like, unless there's something amazing that opens up for your team it's just hard for me to see that being a good trade and it just feels like they got smashed he played a poor role and still ended up with a 70 like that's not terrible for a forward yeah it's it's this is like Lockie ash tom green that's justified taranto the top three midfielders then you got ward kelly in the 30 cbas cogs in the 20s well it's just weird the rotations going on shorts so, like he's not a trade out, but are you slightly? Do you have 
What percentage chance or how confident would you be in him averaging like 95 plus and being a season hold? Is it, is that diminished quite a bit? Not in this role. I think he's like 85 to 90 in this role. Still, it's okay, I guess. And then it's the moment you, the moment you trade him is the moment he goes into the midfield. So, yeah. <laughs> and you don't know. Are they going to put him back into the midfield? Because he trained the entire preseason there. You know, Isaac Heaney did the same trade. I think Papley had six CBAs. <laughs> Heaney had one. But that's for another, that's another story. But, um, you know, he trained, he trained in the midfield. So, I think he'll, they'll be used, he'll be used there a bit at some point. I don't know. So, who knows? Like, Trying to predict GWS players is just mission impossible. Because, you know, what happened when you traded Josh Kelly last year? Straight back into the midfield. That's what will happen with Cox. And so, that's why I've held Whitfield, I've held Butters, I've held Cogs, <laughs> and they've all come good. And hey, same with the goalie. They're all coming Whit- good. Whitfield went into the midfield, mate. He did, actually. Oh, man. This is more like, what What are you doing, Leon Cameron? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, well, I mean, we've got him here. You might as well talk about him. What? Oh, yeah. I mean, Whitfield's been on the, like... Do I trade? Do I trade? Do I trade list? This is like the first week where you say like, no, hold. The, this is like the best <laughs> role we've seen in ages. Like, just hold. He, yeah, he's like back to back nineties. Like, yeah, you're chilling on Whitfield. Move him on to the buys if you still don't like him. But his break evens down to sixty four. He's almost Ooh. a trade in target, boys. Let's <laughs> let's go. Let's go. In the wrong section. Oh, um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> to go, JD. You've put him here. You want to yeah. quickly touch on him? Is yeah, he? This is just a sad pick, right? Like uh, he's last three, he's three on average is 70. If I traded in Will Brody three weeks ago, I would have made like <laughs> over 80 extra points. I would have had more money. It's actually nuts. Um, the I guess like for the few that probably jumped on him like I did, I think you just hold him because he's still getting lots of CBAs. He should in theory come good. And he also, uh, also has the last buy, which I think outside of ironically Brody are probably like the only two forwards that have that last yep. buy which is which is pretty handy so and none of the rookies really have that last buy there unless you've got um Connor mcdonald in the forward line so i think it's just a hold uh just because he'll be good through the buys um even though yeah scoring has not been good needs to turn around form and bring back that like 110 115 post buy average for us all right well there's a couple guys here but um we want to move on to the positive section george i mean you've got we've got heaney here i mean he's just yeah I think when they tag with Robot on one bloke, always got to you know has to lose CBA. Why is he? Who put him in the issue? JD, he kicked zero goals. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, I know that's the worry. He had a set shot like twenty meters out, directly in front, and hit the post. That is so unheeny. Like, if that's not a danger sign, I don't know what is. This is more like a question of like. There's a little bit of smoke. Is there fire here? Right with 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 Heaney, eighty six point three average over the last three weeks. Uh, lost CBAs again this week. Are you a little bit worried about whether or not he's still a top six forward from here to the end of this season? Well, it will depend on um, who gets DPP. I think Baz is lined up to get it and Bont is borderline. And Baz is butchering the hell out of it as well. So, and he's, yeah, spending time forward. So I think he'll be on the edge of top six just because the role, well, it's actually worse than last year. At least he was pushing up to the wing a bit more uh, last year, I think this the, the past few weeks he's been more forward rather than starting on a wing like he did earlier in the season. So, um, would I bring him in? I think you just wait. I think you go Parker over Heaney. But um, yeah, I still think he's a good pick. And you know, one seventy score is not going to 
scare me or anything. It's this is Heaney. He's a forward. I think he had a few CBAs a week before, so it'll be a week to week thing. I'm just staggered that they put Pap- Papley came back and he had six CBAs. I can't believe that, but I guess he's like the little firework they put in there, and he just goes back to the forward line. It's that type of thing, you know what I mean? Like, and then Robottom with forty fifty tagging, so that's that takes one guy out. That can happen. I mean, Heaney kicks two sodas. We're not even. He's not even. Yeah, exactly. Discussion. Anyway, we'll move on. There's Torino oh, there as well, but we can yeah. talk about him later. In the, sure? targets, like, in the targets. In the targets. Or if you want to save right, it, save it. Let's get positive, JD. Look at the first name on the list. Turn it around. I'll let you talk about our man, Jordan Dawson. This this was coming. This was definitely coming. And we finally got a you 130 know, score. And if you want to be an overbeliever, if you want to be an uh, sorry, overachiever, you've got to be an overbeliever. And we have <laughs> overbelieved in a couple of picks this year. And and we've seen them come through this week. We've seen Dawson come through. We've seen Shrek come through. We yes. love that. We love the belief turning into results. And uh, yeah, a, a good game out of Jordan Dawson. It's funnily enough, it's the same problem we've talked about him with every other week this year. There were still <laughs> points left on the table because the role was still moved around mid game. And I still don't know what the, like the Crows don't know where they want him to play. He's a bit of a Mr. Fixed, a bit of a put him everywhere, kind of depending on what's happening with the game. And sometimes that means bad things. Sometimes it means good things. But uh, yeah, I mean, he was everywhere this game got behind the ball a lot, but then also um, later in the game, worked up the wing, was taking you know contested marks, entering inside 50, kicked a goal. So lots of good stuff out of Dawson and definitely someone that people will be looking at this week because he's a middle buy and he's at a discounted 520K price tag. Obviously had a really strong run home last year. Once again, I think he averaged like 115 on a wing last year. George, you are the uh, Crom fan amongst us. Is Dawson someone that you'd be recommending as a trade-in target this week? Or are there other round 13 players that you'd be uh, more inclined to look at in defense? He was on the thumbnail, but that doesn't mean that George <laughs> will bring him in. He changes it straight after, but... <laughs> no, no, no. Giordano is in this week. He's coming in. Um, yeah, he's just he's our best player, or the Crows' best player. I'll definitely bring him in. Here's the thing. it's You probably want... We have enough trades and enough cash gen to get close to, if not the perfect team or the ideal team. So is Jordan Dawson a top six defender? I think he'll go very close. I think I because he's finally pushed up into the role that he was recruited for. No, JD? I don't think from here he's top six. I think he's close enough. I think he's capable. But the the problem is there's, I think, three good round 13 defenders. So Stuart, Dawson, and the one we're going to talk about in a second, Dale. And of those three, only Stewart is a top six, I would probably have. But I think Dawson's close enough with upside that, like, and, and like at a good value price that you're fine to take him if it means continue to upgrade your team. So yeah. I don't know. This seems like a little bit of divergence in philosophy. I'm okay with not having all the top, top guys on, in each line at this point. I've probably got a few more trades in you, George. So I'm planning on um, correcting or upgrading a couple of underperformers later on. But I think you'll be happy enough with Dawson that you wouldn't need to do that. I mean, for me, I have 14K in the bank. I, if I want to upgrade to someone, it's got to be Dawson. So I grabbed the points this week. And I, I I believe he can push Tom Stewart. And by the way, on Stewart, if Duncan persists down back, I wonder if that affects Stewart a little bit because Duncan is disgusting back there. So he is. keep an he eye is. on that. Um, but perfect post-buy target for Stewart now that he's dropped that one in. Uh, Dale looks really good too. Um, the other one, I'll, I think we'll speak about Isaac coming soon, but uh, 
love him at the moment. But yeah, in terms of the middle buys, Stewart versus Dawson versus Dale. Stewart should still be number one there. And then Dawson and Dale, probably similar output. There's a bit more security in Dale's role. He looks really good back there, especially with the drop-off of Daniel. So I quite like the Dale pick, um, but I think the value pick is Dawson. And I don't think there'll be much in it in there in their yeah. output from here on out. So uh, I'm happy to go for Dawson. Yeah. Just quickly, like he can score in both those roles. Like the first quarter was all defense. He had 10 touches. But in defense, you sort of got to get, not lucky, but it's just got to go your way a bit. I guess yeah. like you're on kickouts, it can happen. But then when you're up the ground, like he wasn't, I think like the second and third, he was more up the ground, kicked the goal in the second. Because we they're fit just, it out to him at stopping yeah, as well. Yeah, they're just mega and he, points. And he like, gets involved as well, yeah. Yeah, it's so much easier in higher scoring I'd, possessions up the ground. So, I guess the tricky thing here is that when the Crows do poorly, it's easier for him to have a safer floor in defense. Whereas if they do poorly and he's on the wing, you just get a bigger variance both Correct. Ways. It's like got to be timed well. <laughs> yeah, so like I not fully believe that he can average well in both roles. But it's just like, I don't know, I'd feel slightly safer with him playing more defense, just given um, uh, Crows seem to be falling off in game competitive competitiveness, especially against top teams at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. We oh, saw that, like, definitely that like, I definitely like him in this role. The ceiling is higher in this role, but I understand yeah. what you're saying. He's going to get more, more supply back there with crab. Yeah. Yeah. It it, it's depends. almost like you want him to start in defense. And if like Crows are playing well, then move him out into the wing. <laughs> <laughs> that, they, yeah. That could be a thing. Like, hey, Mitch Hinge, you just play wherever we don't want you. And then we'll put Dawson where we want you. Um, let's move on. George, you might want to cover your ears for this one. But um, JD's got someone to talk to you about. And <laughs> that is Dane Zorko. Dane Zorko. Now, someone that. Us and pretty much every other <laughs> Supercoach content creator up until a week or two ago was saying, do not touch Zorko with a 10-foot pole. He's older. Yes, he gained DPP, but realistically, that role isn't amazing. We don't know how Coleman coming back will affect him. You know, might take some of his touches out of defense. And then also he's had problems with his calf Achilles region with like scar tissue from a previous surgery kind of hampering him. And you're seeing him limp a lot in the back of games. As a result, he even got subbed off early in, in one year, which is part of the reason why he's so cheap. But with Coleman returning, we actually saw great things happen to Zorko from a super coach perspective. And he was thrust back into that mid-forward role that saw him average nearly 110 last year. He has gone... 33 and 46% on CBAs the last two weeks, which is much higher than basically none that he was having before that at that point. So at 520K, he looks like someone that could actually push up into that one, 105 to 110 range from here to the end of the year and obviously playing in that good Brisbane um, side as well, which, which should help. The risk, of course, is the stuff we've already mentioned. He's an older player with injury history. Uh, and so you could be shooting yourself in the foot, much like people that brought uh, Hall in earlier in the year. But a, a risk that I'm looking at taking just because last buy, I need um, defenders in that last buy. And at 520K, he's you know 50K cheaper than someone like a Sicily, which might let me get a better upgrade next week. Well, it will definitely let me get a better upgrade next week. And I don't think his scoring potential is that far behind. It's just the injury risk. And... I know George hates the injury risks and all that stuff, but when we're getting to this point in the year where you're only down to the last four or five upgrades on your field, you're about to hit buys and you've got boosts and we've had extra trades, taking some of those injury risk players isn't the worst thing in the world now because they're much easier to cover and do less damage than if you 
took a haul at the start of the year and he went down like he did, right? So I'm strongly considering Zorko, but I'd love to hear some naysayers as to why I shouldn't pick Zorko this week. You cannot be serious. (laughs) We have players that will match his ceiling in defense. And, oh, I want to pay, oh, because he's a little bit cheaper, I'll take him. Pay for Sicily, dude. Forget this dude. He spent. He had a limited preseason. He's limping early in the year. Okay, he's not limping anymore. He had this. I think it was the other Achilles he had two years ago, and then miraculously got through last year. <laughs> so, really, is he worth the injury risk for saving forty, fifty k? Well, if it means I can get like a Brayshaw or an English next week, then yes, because the reality is like that's probably about the amount of money I've got over these two weeks, a 520K and a 570K option. And I think he's the best at 520K and I don't think Sicily's the best at 570K. So that's kind of where I'm leaning towards at the moment. I would love to have Sicily on my side. He's a much better pick. And if I had boosted down last week, which is what I should have done and had the extra 70K, I'd be getting Sicily. It wouldn't even be questions asked. But I'm not in that situation. I need to find a cheap option and... Zorko at 520k almost looks like the value pick across any of the lines this week, despite the uh, elevated injury risk. Oh my god, don't do it! <laughs> and does he does he stay in that mid role? Do they move him forward? Do they manage him a bit? He's what 34, 33, oh, 33. I think. Yeah, I'm really not in the camp of it. Uh, yeah, especially after what happened with him last year, I do not want him to succeed again. <laughs> <laughs> and it would very much hurt me if he did. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's going to be – it's not like he's going to be highly owned as much as he was last year. Like, last year's clear uh, F1. Whereas this year, like George said at the start of his counterpoints, I just think there's so many other options that can match him and um, or better him. And, yeah, I mean, I guess your only points, J.D., that make you go for him are the buy and the price. And that's, I guess, really what's leaning you towards him. Like, say if he had the first buy, you know, you wouldn't even be looking at him. And it's just probably – Correct. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. So play. it's like, uh, I guess the more trades factor, like say he went down during the, you know, in a month, like, yes, you probably have to waste another trade, but he might have helped you better your team for the next month. And, you know, yeah, assuming and he trades up the like scoring, Stuart or yeah. Sicily or whatever at that yeah. point. And assuming he doesn't go down early in a game, but that's all hypotheticals and um, stuff you can't really predict. So, yeah, I'm against it like George, but. I can somewhat see the merit. Isn't Daniel Rich sure cheaper? Or is yeah, he no, he's about the same? He's about 517K, but he's getting I, by on kickouts. I it. prefer him, I think. I don't know. Wow. I don't know. Zorko should be able to outscore him. He should him. be able to outscore him, but I don't think he's as much of an injury risk. That's why I say I will, the, the I will say with... the other thing with Zorko, by the way, is his time on ground has gone up the last three weeks. So the first five weeks, he didn't have a... Oh, I think he had one game over 71 yeah. time on ground, which was he used the season as the last, preseason. <laughs> yeah, and then the last three weeks, 82, 85, 82% time on ground. So he's definitely like built that fitness base and kind of got his time on ground back up to what it was you know, last year, effectively. Oh. We had this conversation probably the same point last year. Don't touch a 32-year-old with soft tissue injury. Did not work out at all. I'm having it again. <laughs> at least this year, it won't hurt as bad because defense is, uh, good. Defense is yeah. good. So, I mean, if you want to go for it, if you have excess trades, I guess I can see the merit in it, but I, I would mean, uh, rather pay for someone. I've got 20 trades after this week's Three trades. this week. 
Yeah. And there's uh, what, like three rookies left on the field plus Proust, and then it's just performing primos. So, you know, if you say you got four upgrades from here, that's what, call it nine trades, takes me down to 11 or 10. <laughs> I can Let's see it. The, sc- and- the scoring power is there. It's the yeah. price is good. It's the, you know, if you own Aaron Hall, who like he single-handedly derailed my, he's sent me back an upgrade every week for four weeks now. It's, it's severely derailed my season. Um, fortunately for boosts, you could kind of catch back up again a little bit, but I'm not prepared to take injury risk after that. So good luck if you go for it though, but can pay off. All right, we'll quickly try and move past the defenders. There's three guys I've got here. Um, they all have the first buy. They're all performing pretty well, although one had a down week, but has been good for most of the season. That's Isaac Cumming, Doherty, and Sinclair. Jaws put Cumming here, and honestly, he's been pretty good, but Doherty and Sinclair have been up there for most of the season. If you were to rank these guys as um, targets and look the first buy, take into account what, what you think or... Tell me as well, what do you think we should be doing with trading in first buy players? But tell me that and then rank them. Um, George, you can start. Well, I think trading in a first buy player now, I guess there's not much point. Um, but if you're fine, if you're going to field like 20 plus in the first round anyway, I don't think it matters too much. And you get an extra three rounds, still three rounds to go for the first buy, nine, around 9, 10, 11. So yeah, that's one less rookie off. So these three primos individually, if I had to rank them in order, um, Sinclair third, I think he has the least amount of scoring avenues. I think coming intercepts more and Doherty, he runs at the back of stoppage a lot. I guess Sinclair's role changes a little bit um, and probably doesn't have the the history either. I guess coming doesn't either, but uh, with Isaac coming, I love his game. I love how he defends. Whitfield's moved up the ground. Uh, he's farming points back there. Uh, does have a severe hamstring in 2020, 12-weeker, but played 22 last year. Has not had an injury since. I think he rolled his ankle in the final. That's about it. Um, so he looks really good. Um, this really solid defender. He reads the play incredibly well. He pushes up high when he needs to. So I really like his pick. And he and since Whitfield has gone, uh, moved up the ground, he's put up like a 120 and a 130. And the kick-ins are slightly increased. I think Whitfield took a few this week. Um, but I think guys are coming still. Like he's like the main guy now, instead of like split even between coming and Whitfield. So maybe he gets an extra one or two kick into game. Just depends on how they want to use Whitfield. Um, and then Doherty. The thing with Doherty is I would slightly worry, and this is just me being me, I guess. That he has soft tissue. In, in, he has soft tissue history in 2020. And if you actually remember, halfway through the season, he played through soreness and his scoring dropped off a cliff. And then he came back and he, like I said, he's like, he's been sore. I'm, not, I'm fine again. Comes, comes straight back in or comes in, does his calf. That was off limited preseason though, with uh, off the two ACLs. And in 2020, um, sorry, 2021, he plays the first thing he averages just under 110 or around 110-ish up until the bye. He has to move on to a wing because uh, Williams goes back. And then he gets uh, the cancer ordeal. So it um, seems like he's over that, which is great. Um, so like I do worry like in 2020 does he start getting sore or tired throughout the year because that's what happened back then you know limited preseason again this year I think he had a 12 month sorry a 12 week block of chemo which can be pretty intense I don't know if that will catch up to him because still he's still 28 that's roughly prime for a defender so 
that's my only concern there. Um, some people would not be worried about that at all. Understand that. So that carries a little bit of durability risk, I guess. But he looks really good. Um, yeah, they, they feed him the ball so much. He pushes into stoppage um, or gets you around the back. A bit like what Chris was doing last year, and he scored really, really well doing that. So, yeah, in order, Doc, Cumming, then Sinclair. But part of me wants to say coming above Doherty, which might be crazy <laughs> to some people, but I just think with Whitfield moving up, it's helped him. I, lo- I love how you reeled off his injury history. Like you just know <laughs> it off the back of your hand. You, you do your great research, but just quickly on coming, he was a great pick last year as a mid pricer that none of us went for made 200 and something K and um, pretty much averaged 90 the whole year. So he's improved last year and he's obviously continued to improve this year. JD, what would you go? I think the way um, George had them is probably the one, two, and three. Um, as long as Doherty doesn't get a fade out similar to what we saw last year, um, I, I think that's probably right. But yeah, I mean, to your point, I, most people, definitely me, I can't bring in one of these guys for this this early buy. I've already got too many there. So I'd be passing on all of them for now. I think the only thing that is interesting is just that Sinclair's dropped a couple of really poor scores in back-to-back weeks. So a couple of 80s. He's got quite a high break-even of 147 now. And you could see him get down to, I don't know, cheap 500s, even like high 400s post-buy. And that, you know, as a really discounted option to upgrade your team, don't mind that. But yeah, just on pure scoring potential, I'd still have yep. Doherty as, as, as the one that would make sense to target because uh, he should be a top three defender as long as he doesn't fall away. I think they'll all be within five or six points of each other anyway. Yep. Yeah, but probably should have prefaced that at the start. These probably like foreshadowing or, you know, ahead to what our, off that first buy, who of these we prefer to upgrade to then. Let's get to the midfield and one I don't really want to talk about too much, but that's, that's Jack Steele, who I brought in about a month ago. Been very happy with him until... He pumped out 10 clangers on the weekend and there's nothing went his way. Worked through the game a bit, but um, still had almost 30 touches. Just very poor. I think it was third quarter where I think he went negative five points for the whole quarter and just a few free kicks went against him. Handball clangers, which just shouldn't be happening and all happened within the space of about five or 10 minutes and just killed him. So he's going to drop a lot of money now. I think 175 break even I'm looking at and um, 630-something K, 639 He'll be towards 600 by the time he hits his buy. Hopefully, he bounces back for me so he doesn't tank too much. But got to be your number one target, boys, in the midfield, is he, as, as a non-owner? Um, JD, are you looking into bring him before because he's got the first buy too or are you waiting yep. till he, he has his buy? Yeah, so um, Love Steel has always been part of my targeted finished midfield in both this format and fantasy and actually just a little fantasy fun fact to give you an idea of what good form he's been in so longest streaks of 100 plus scores in that format the the leader all time is dane swan in the 2012 to 2013 (laughs) seasons of 20 jack Steele just finished uh, a second place having a string of 19 games where he did that from last year to this year so yeah, so to give you an idea of like consistency and the form he's been in, like sitting behind him is Tom Mitchell during I think his Brownlow years. Like that's that's the caliber of fantasy super coach player and the ability that he's tackling and, and work around the ground kind of gives him that safe floor. So yes, absolutely trading him. And I'm like stoked he's had a poor game to get a little bit cheaper. 
Um, I, I my plan was to bring him after the buy. The tricky part is this poor game's kind of come a fair few games out, and so it could wash out of the system and his price go back up. And then I'm also conscious that after this week, I think they've fixed your opens back up again a little bit. So they've got. Uh, I want to say it's, it's Geelong, Adelaide and North. Yeah, so it's yeah. Geelong, which is another tough game, but then Adelaide and North. And so I could like really be tempted after this week to bring him down at a you know 600k price tag, get him for two weeks, even though I'd then miss him for the for the first buy. But yeah, the plan has been to have him as a trading target afterwards. I just have to see kind of how he scores this week and what his price gets to, and whether I stick with that or or shift gears. As the one that started him last year, George, you've managed to avoid it. Did you predict this happening? or I thought I was going to pay 670, 680 for him because he went on that run last year and he was gone. He stayed, I think, high 600s, low 700s, and he did not look back. Fortunately, yeah, so lucky. Like, Gorn's not gotten too out of control. Uh, we kind of did for a bank. It was getting worse. Now still yeah. very lucky. I'll look at him next week. No, I think he can come down a bit more, but it just kind of suits where I need my upgrades to happen. So I'll look at him next week. But yeah, so lucky that this happened. Yep. Like, yeah, unbelievable so fun, luck. Fun fact on Steele. He's in less teams now than in round one at the start of the year. So, you know, a bunch <laughs> of people traded him. Yeah, well, a bunch of, yeah, probably. <laughs> bunch of people traded him out after the poor start in those first couple of rounds. And he's only just getting now starting to get close to the amount of selections that he was in round one. So, yeah. Yeah. But very good. Very well, I think good he, he was in. He was in like fifty percent before Tuke played the way Went he did in the bananas. Yeah, and then everyone swapped into Tuke. A lot of people swapped into Tuke, and then people saw Crips, and then people got traded him out for Crips. Basically, he's trying to find an avenue. We wanted to start all those that. guys. It's just we the the structure didn't allow. But let's move yeah. on. Someone who I am very much looking at and wanted to bring in many many times this year, but obviously he's. Dropped his poor score a couple of weeks ago, or just a couple of lower scores, not poor, but he's coming down, and that's Andy Brayshaw. Uh, he had that 77 down at Cadinia Park, and he's got a break even of 120, and he's put it back to back weeks. Oh, uh, sorry, a solid week against North, and you know, you could probably hold off on, on him for one more week, um, which I might be doing, but he's just a very solid, solid upgrade target for me. That works in a lot of ways, scores a lot of points in, in different areas. You know, gets involved in chains and uncontested stuff as well as what he does in the contest. And um, as an owner from last year, I loved, loved owning him, loved watching him play. Want to get him in for that Shrek to spray action, but um, <laughs> do, you boys don't own him here. Is he someone, would he be top eight? He's not probably not a lock top for top eight, but would you have him in your top eight for now? And what's your sort of views on bringing him in? He's got the last buy, which is obviously also a positive. Oh, that's probably the one line where it's a negative, actually, for me anyway, just because Neil, owners, Oliver, yeah. and Petraka have already got three yep. in there that are, have been good value options. You know, Neil to start the year and then Oliver and Petraka over the last yeah. couple of I should of probably weeks. ask the question then. Let's put track in here too. As me, who owns neither of those and has obviously Neil and Oliver between those two, let's talk through who you think you'd... Because I probably can only get one, right, before the buy. So we'll go for Brayshaw first. JD, What? what's your All thoughts right. on him? So I guess to answer this, and like it's interesting because we haven't really discussed so much is what is the benchmark for a top eight forward this year? Uh, sorry, midfield. Midfield, yeah. It's like historically, historically, like as low as 105. Last year, I think it was 115, right? So Merritt was like M9 with a 115. <laughs> Brayshaw is currently running at 119.3. So right, just right, roughly around 120. 
and that has him exactly at eighth at the moment. But you've got people like Took Mill behind him, um, who you'd expect to you know potentially overtake. Jack Steele's at one fourteen. You'd expect him to potentially overtake by the by the time he is out. So, I, I, like, I don't think it's unrealistic for him to carry on around this one nineteen, one twenty average. Given he's got a couple of tag games already in there, um, you know, a couple of big scores as well. So, like, yeah, I could see him kind of going around. 8 to 10, I think, is realistic. He'll either be just inside or just outside is what it looks like. Um, so, yeah, warranted selection. And if, you know, I, if I'd if i rather have him than someone like uh, Petrarca on my side, probably when it comes to likelihood they finish top eight. Uh, so, yeah, he's like a really good trading option. He's break-evens 122 this week, so you don't have to go him, as you kind of said, Eno, but the matchup against North is obviously very good, and you would imagine that he could exceed that. And while North have deployed taggers in the past, and they've got someone like Greenwood who tagged for Gold Coast, we haven't seen them really use taggers effectively or much at all this year. So you'd imagine that he probably gets off the chain a bit. But oh no, he just he's got he's he got just Gold played Coast North. Now. He's got Gold Coast. Oh yeah, he did. Of course, he's got Gold Coast. Sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. Yeah, play. I'm still on North mode, but anyway. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so plays Gold Coast this week. Sorry, which was once again a good matchup. All the analysis still holds true. And yes, Gold Coast have used Dagger in the past, but probably won't use him this week against uh, Brayshaw. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, they haven't really been tagging much. I mean, they used Ralph for those defensive roles, but didn't really do much actual tagging as part of that. So it seems like he'd be pretty safe to run against them this week. But yeah, George, what are your thoughts? Brayshaw, someone you'd want to bring in? Yeah, so in the final team, I think you, you want Neil, Cripps, Steele, Oliver, McCrate, Took. You want those six for sure. And then you put a blanket over six, seven players, I think. So, yeah, more than happy to bring in Brayshaw. I have him in the 119 to 115 range for the year. Um, So I have him like equal with Petrarca, which probably doesn't help if you're picking between the two. I just think Petrarca's back half last year, I think it was about 122. I think it was even more if you include finals. Yeah, I had him for it. Yeah. Talk so to me, George. What do you reckon? Petraka? I got a couple of good weeks coming up. So that's the thing that scares me. But I mean, the, yeah, I th- Freo have uh, the pies the week after two at home. That's pretty juicy as well. I, th- I think you probably want to grab track for the Northwest Coast back to back, I guess. I think Oliver will probably go. Petrarca seems to go better against the better teams. I think you were saying that earlier in the last week or something. But uh, yeah, I'd be more than happy to have both. I'd probably try and get both in. I think yeah. Yeah, it's just whoever at the prices, the Crows boys, there's um, even maybe Walsh later on potentially. Yeah. There's a whole heap of players, maybe like Parrish. There's heaps of players that you can go for. So as long as you have the top six and then maybe Callum Mills, not sure. Uh, but yeah, I'm more than happy to. Like, if I had Brayshaw in my final team, I'd be very happy with that. Yep. Yeah, it's tough. It's a tough call. If, it's a, if I don't go one, probably can't. If I go one, probably can't go the other. Um, and probably won't get the other, to be honest. You'd probably be finished your team by then. So it's a tough decision. Darcy Parrish, he's been on fire the last few weeks. I think he has quite a high three round average um, coming off a 139 on the weekend. So JD, how do you see his game? 127.73 round average, 123.45 round average, and that places him as top five in the midfields for both of those metrics over the respective three and five weeks. 
Um, yeah, he was good for us again on the weekend. Obviously, been a lot of criticism in the media about um, how damaging he is. And I think they've probably downplayed him a little bit during that period. And it's more just like representative of Essendon as a whole being poor rather than it being Parrish is not as a damaging player. I think, I mean, he, once again, it's kind of, as George mentioned, there's a bunch of players in that blanket kind of group that you could throw in like a Mills, Laird, Parrish, uh, Brayshaw, Petrarca, whoever it may be. Uh, so I don't mind him as an option at all. I, I'm, you know, if Essendon comes good in the second half of the year, which is probably unlikely, but if they did, there's probably some upside with him as well. But realistically, first buy, you could wait on him unless you were also trying to get steel. Uh, and uh, at the 615k price tag, there's probably others that are better value that we've talked about, like Brayshaw and Petraka probably score about the same, but uh, what, 40 and 60k or 70k cheaper. So just hard to see Parrish being picked over those unless for whatever reason you didn't have Crips and you didn't want to get the Crips. I don't know, that'd be weird because <laughs> get Crips. Um, but then, yeah, then you could, I guess, get Parrish. I don't know, it's weird. But yeah, no, like for the first yeah. five mids, you have him both behind Crips and Steel at their price points this week. So like, yeah, it's just hard to see him get picked even though I don't mind him as a pick. Yeah. And another man we don't even have here is Sam Walsh, but probably just on the outer at that that. At this point in time, their midfield mix-up is, you know, changing a little bit week to week. Every start of every quarter, I just see him waltzing towards the forward line. It just pisses me off a little bit because I love watching him play. But that's just what they got him doing at the moment. And that's with Hewitt out of the team as well. So he's still getting mid-time, but yeah, yeah it's a bit annoying. They um, haven't relied on him like they've needed nah, to with Cripps being bad the last nah, couple of years. And kind of this nah. is the regression you didn't, no one expected he's, because he's still a young player on the rise. He did come very quickly back off that syndesmosis, so they're probably still nursing him through. He's probably not quite 100%. Mm-hmm. But I could see him going nuts the second half of the year. Uh, the Crows boys, George, quickly touch on them. I know you were big on uh, Benny Keys a few weeks ago. You didn't jump on, but he's had a couple of just low tons. And um, Roy Laird's been really good, you know, since he's, I think he's pretty much gone 120 every week and he hasn't dropped a cent pretty much. So what's your thoughts on those guys? You think, I mean, it's... With the crows, sort of, they've started to tail off a little bit, or they're in a, a downturn. Do you want too many mids from some lesser teams, or, or what's your thoughts? I think you can grab one of them as you like M seven, M eight. They're both solid picks. I think Lane has a bit better history. Keys, I still think is fine. Yeah, did butcher a little bit on the weekend, but um, still, I think he can go one one fifteen for the rest of the year. Yeah, he looks really good. I think he's probably our best player along with Dawson this year. So I would, uh, I'd be happy to bring him in. I just think um, right now, probably waiting for Steel, going for Took. If you don't have Crips, I guess Brayshaw's five seventy. I'd probably prioritize those guys first. Just better price, better just better situation for those, I guess. But yeah, wouldn't put a priority on them. Led's an interesting one because he's a high ceiling. He went one twenty post buy, and that's what he's doing now, and with no Sloan in the midfield. It's a few more points to go around. I think we're just giving Barry and Haley a run in the midfield at the moment, but probably keep rotating a few youngsters in there. So should be more points for Led, I think. So mm, yep. yeah, I think you can maybe Led slightly ahead now, just from what I've seen. Right. But in, in the last five weeks, Led hasn't gone below 116. Crazy and he also had a 143. Yeah. So he's been, yeah. And I think that was his only score actually under 120 during that time period. So he's had four games, 120 plus in the last five weeks. I the did other read thing, on Twitter, sorry, he was struggling yeah. this week with sickness and he yes. pushed. Is that what you said? Yeah. 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 I was about to yeah. go into that. Yeah. So the rumors yeah. were that he was sick. Well, it's not even rumors. It was confirmed by the club that he was yeah. sick and got up this week and still went 123. So 
Uh, and that's in big Crows losses as well. He's actually one of those guys that, you know, you'd think coming off the injury would have had been slow, uh, dropped some cash, and we'd be like eyeing him off at 580 this week as another option against Brayshaw. And I'd probably be in on Rory Laird over Brayshaw at that price. But he's at 630K, and it's just pretty hard to justify bringing him in. Um, yeah, but... The last guy, Took Miller. I mean, he had his down month. If you manage to avoid starting him and... and pick him up at sub 600k or if you still haven't he's 608k he's going up 73 break even or something pick him up now or or forever hold your peace because i think he's ready to explode maybe not in the very short term but the back half of the year i think his draw and gold coast really opens up a lot of easy matchups they've still got north to come twice hawthorne to come twice and hawks are pretty decent so probably selling them short there but Oh, they they get up two points to mids, though. They, they do, yeah. Mids, yeah. So, you've got to get two now, boys, if you don't have pretty much now. Yep. Yep. Let's move on to – got the mm, – do we want to talk rucks or forwards first? It is out of order, so I don't know if you guys have got OCD, but we'll go about the rucks. We'll go the rucks. <laughs> we'll, go the, we'll leave the forwards last. It's very interesting, the forwards. So. He couldn't do it out of order. He couldn't do it. No, I couldn't. I couldn't. <laughs> he couldn't zig when they zagged. No, no, no. Let's go Gorn. Let's go Gorn first. We'll leave my man for a second, but we'll go Gorn. And we're pretty lucky that he obviously had a poor game, played a lot more forward, as they said, after a little injury, leg injury in the second quarter. So dropped an 80. Um, does have West Coast this week. If he manages to get up, he's probably going to go very large, but we've probably got to wait for some more reports and what, what's going to go on with him this week. But um, yeah, what's your thoughts, boys? If you... I mean, we should probably talk in tandem with the two, you know, Trek and Gorn. Say you're looking to get a Primo Ruck in right now, who, who would who would you pick? Just depends on your injury tolerance. I'd probably go for Gorn. <laughs> I think I want Darcy after this buy. <laughs> depends on your injury tolerance. I'll get the guy going for scans on his knees this week. <laughs> I think he's fine, though. He sounds peak like he's George. fine. It's peak George. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever fits the narrative, right? <laughs> yeah. Look, uh, I think Shrek, JD. Oh, so firstly, before we jump into the conversation, I just want to praise Eno one more time because the only time you fail is when you fall down and stay down. And it would have been very easy for Eno to abandon his beloved Shrek. But not only did he back him in, he backed him in with a vice captain this week and Had what to. got the best captain score of that's anyone it. for the round. So, I mean, that's 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 huge, um, huge reps to you, Eno, for sticking fat with that one. If I was to bring one in this week, I would bring in Darcy. I was going to start him this year anyway. And I think given his price point, I'm still hunting value and I'm happy to incorporate a little bit of injury risk in my team at this point in the year for the value. So at 80K difference, um, I think Darcy would be the pick for me. We've seen that his scoring can be better than anyone's and he gave us a little bit of a reminder of that on the weekend. He had 20 hitouts to advantage in that game. 20. That's a phenomenal number. Like, yeah. Look, I was um, chopping up the footage if you haven't seen my video and he had seven in like the last 10 minutes. So he probably got absolutely no points for that, but it was he was just farming them at the end, just hitting yep. them consecutively. So, yeah, yep. he's got that. He's got that in his bag. So, I think the only downside with um, Darcy is that the next four weeks of rucks, three of those matchups are quite hard. So he got Wits, then Collingwood, which is plus matchup, Very and good. then Melbourne, which will be hard, and then um, uh, Brisbane Lions and Oscar McInerney's been like he's a bit up and down, but he's been serviceable. But from that point, it really opens up. You've got. 
Hawks that don't have a number one ruck. You have Carlton that don't have a number one ruck. You've got Port that don't have a number one ruck. You've got Saints that probably won't have rucks at that point in the year. Uh, so, yeah, like I think um, oh. Darcy's the one that I prefer, but you could definitely wait three or four weeks once he's got through that hard part of the fixture and then uh, jump on him around or just after his buy. Thanks for organizing my trade plans after the buy. That'll do well, I think, if Bruce gets <laughs> gets to that point. But yeah, make the switch then. Well, that's assuming Darcy doesn't find a way to go 170 through the next four anyway and get to like 800K. 700K. <laughs> yeah. I'll, pay, I'll pay. No worries. I'll pay. We got plenty of money this year. Oh, jeez. <laughs> George, I think you're set. You want you yeah, want going first? Much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this matchup this week. I know I, I don't see the scans as an issue. It, we'll get a bit more information then make yeah, a better it's idea. Yeah, a bit early. So, um, but yeah, more than ha- probably want both of them in my final team. And I know you you have wits, uh, JD. So yeah, probably the way he's getting hit at advantage. More than happy to have him as well because he's farming him like, like no tomorrow. I was going to say wait until that train ends. On the, uh, disrespect on the run sheet to not have wits in there. So wits has had four so. of his last five scores go over 130. His last three is 143, 136, 132. Uh, and yes, he plays Frio this week, as we kind of already mentioned. But then after that, he's Ooh. got the Dogs. Steve Martin can't hit, oh. hit out to his advantage. <laughs> then he's got the Hawks. Then he's got North. And then he's got Crows. And then Port. And then Collingwood. And then oh my Richmond. God. And then Essendon. I mean, there's like seven, eight, nine games in a row. If he stays fit, there's a lot of hit outs to advantage still still to come. So basically, there's five, <laughs> five good Rockmen in the entire league at the moment. Yeah, they, well, kind of the three that we're been. talking about, Wit, <laughs> Wit, Darcy, and Gorn. And, and then, like, the St. Kilda duo is good when they're up and fit and firing. But, yeah, yeah, there's there's not many other good number one rucks going around at the moment, at least to stop Supercoach scoring. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd heavily advocate for Darcy this week. Of course, that probably goes without saying. And a few did go Hewitt to him last week in the court. So what well to those boys that did. That was that was very well rewarded and slapped the VC on. So credit where it's due. But let's get the forwards. George wanted me to do the forwards first. So I'll let we'll quickly go on to them. We've already ticked over the hour mark. So so Tim English. To me, he's he's easily a top six forward. He's been um they've been very conservative, the dogs with his hammy. Um they gave him an extra week and um just want to see if Steph goes straight out and he's straight into the ruck position. They got Collingwood this week. It really tempts me to get him straight in off off the bat with that very easy matchup. Like we know what he can do around the ground, regardless of probably which ruckman he comes up against. But the fact that he, he can probably have a decent, um, you know, a decent competition in the ruck and put up a good performance with the hit outside of things as well has me intrigued. What do you think, Jaws? You're probably waiting on him. I know you've already got Parker and Heaney, so you're probably not getting him until after his buy. So I'll probably answer that for you already. But would you advocate for other people that may not to, to jump on him straight away or probably wait a week? Uh, off a hamstring, I would not bring him fresh off a hammy. Wait a week. Pretty simple. I don't think I'll even get him for the year unless I move cogs on for him. If I can somehow manifest that but um you have yeah, questions over the scoring that he showed no i just over traded i think i'll have enough <laughs> trades it just depends like literally the only person that like could run out of trades but no nah, i should be fine yeah. i think i finished with seven or eight six or seven rather but yeah i mean english i guess i would wait um for don't want him to redo the hamstring or anything like that once he gets through one game then a bit more confidence so i'd wait on that yeah 
JD, you'd have no Heaney and you got the other two. So is he someone you're looking at now or someone you probably wait a bit on? What's your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's like, I would definitely consider him. So yeah, there's four players averaging over 100 in the forward line. English, Dunkley, Heaney, Parker. And so realistically, you can only have three of those. I've only got two at the moment. I don't have Heaney. So English seems like someone I would definitely target. He's what he's 121.6 average for the five games he played. He had a low of 96, showed a ceiling of 150 plus. Uh, I think if he gets through this first game, I would I am off as a target next week, maybe even over some of these discount mids just because the forward line. So sparse with a hundred break even, look, there is a chance he goes 130 and puts a fair bit of cash up on. Uh, but I think it's probably makes more sense just to wait the one week than go early on him. That's my worry in my position. I've got, you know, Brayshaw or him about the same price. Well, the same price. Brayshaw's break even is 120. English's is 100. English has a really positive matchup. That makes it hard for me. But going English means I get like a Durden off the field. So it's probably more logical to do that mm-hmm. as well. So it is very, very difficult. But nope. yeah, I mean, we'll move I can on. see why you'd yeah. be swayed. Because if you were just look comparing like Brayshaw and uh, English, given the matchups this week, I'd probably back in Brayshaw to beat him by like 10, 20 points. Yeah, but okay. if you're getting Durden off the field, then like I could see the, depending on who the midfield rookie is that you'd then be field instead. Like, It'd be like probably... Carroll, Hamilton, whatever, you know, whoever I bring in or McComb yeah, okay. looped or something. So it's not like a good one. Like Clark's already got to be fielded. Oh, so yeah. yeah. I would wait on English to be safe. Yeah. Yep. Probably be fine, but it's, yeah. Says the guy that brought in Aaron Hall. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, uh... George. <laughs> no, you're right. It probably is smart to write. Why did I do that? Anyway. What, what all this stupid shit's worked this year. So it's something that <laughs> like, I want to bring that. him in. <laughs> Except that. There was one thing that didn't work. That. I just feel like I want to bring him in. He'll go 150 against the pies and I'll be happy, but that's not always how it works. Timmy Torano, I held you off. Um, who did I hold off at the start? I can't Me, remember now. Torano. JD. Yeah, yeah bring I mean, up what you wanted to say, mate. Oh, yeah. This is just like same kind of category as like where there's smoke, there's fire pick. So last three rounds hasn't gone over 100. Uh, 81.3 average during that time. Dropping in price pretty drastically. And the most interesting thing, thing here is we were talking about when Toby Green comes back, it'll push Toronto maybe up into the midfield more. And that's the point where you target him just because you get a better average from that point at a slightly discounted price. It's kind of all happened in reverse so far. So he started out the season all right. And then the last three weeks with uh, Green back, he's, he's fallen off quite badly. The interesting thing is he's still getting CBAs during this period. I think he had, you know, north of 50 or mm. 60 CBAs the last two weeks. Um, so the category we've got him in is, yeah, I wouldn't be bringing him in right now. I'd be waiting till after his buy. And I think it's it's simple as that. You you want to see him turn around this form a little bit before you bring him in. Um, so you just wait. George? Yeah. Toronto's Toronto. He's done this before. He's had hot patches <laughs> and flat patches. So for, he's averaging 97, probably averages around that just because of his disposal. I think I would rather wait and see who gets TPP before bringing someone like him in. So wait. That's fair enough. Mitch Duncan we've got here. Now, very interesting. Like he he hasn't set the world on fire and hasn't done much really up until this point, but he just played a very nice game, sort of gulling around half back. He's in the midfield, but stole a lot of possessions in the back half. He's priced at 440K now with a 95 break even. 
very cheap, very affordable pickup. I know already which way George is leaning, but that's towards no. But JD, <laughs> is it something that you're looking at or something that just piques your interest maybe and probably need to see a bit more of? Why did he go 47 last week? I think it's just, his know? role has been changing week to week. So that's the concern. Like it's not set every week. It could be a bit more half forward. He's more in the midfield this week with Selwood out, but then getting a lot of cheap pill at the back, probably cutting to Stewart a bit. So why is George laughing? You got something to say? Oh, they played they played free, yeah. which is a pretty good defensive side, I guess. George has got a bomb, I think. No. Uh, I mean, oh, like we can get to him listing his um, injury history in a second, but I think it'll take five minutes. Um, that, um, scroll had, wheel. He had six clangers and played Freya last week in that close loss. I don't know. Like, so if he, if he had that kind of um, wing behind the ball role, we get some kick-ins and stuff. I think he is a top six defend uh, uh, forward from here for the rest of the year. Uh, it's just the injury risk that comes with it. The price tag is obviously really nice. Uh, but he's got the same cats have the middle bar, right? It'll, yeah. So it's the same problem. Yeah, like, you're right. If you've got two or three of these already, you know, bring in Duncan. And if next week, like it's, I don't know, a 450 or 440k Mitch Duncan versus like English at 570, you're probably still trying to bring in English realistically. Yep. George, you've been quiet over there. Well, you're just laughing this off. I think he's a. Well, his his dribble is quite good if you take out the three calves and two hamstrings he's done in the past two years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what do you want me to say? I, okay, might as okay. well bring in Aaron Hall and trade him out. Oh, DPP him to Aaron Hall and go back and forth three times. So I'll pass. Yeah, yeah. You're a very good uh, case study of just learn from your experiences and mistakes. <laughs> All right, mate, you can talk about the dogs, guys, here. Go on. These two guys may get forward status you put down. I think Baz would – okay, Baz was – that thing that leaked that came on on Twitter was 30 – I think it was 32%, and we know – I own him in fantasy, so I know that he's been spending a bit bit more time forward. CBAs have dropped the past few weeks, and Freako tweeted it was 60% this week. So I am assuming we're going to get him as a forward, but I just don't know – how Bevo wants to spin the magnets. So well, it's got to be three more weeks of it, right? So yeah. So I think he's a watch, and even if he does, his disposal is really killing him at the moment. But yeah. um, I still think he can go. He could go low hundreds because of the time and ground is way up. It's like ninety five ish, I want to say. So I still think he'll be. I think he'll be top six if we do get him. I and mean, he's on. He's also a little bit of like a cream on top player. So if the dogs pick up good form, you'd imagine that he's someone that could really dominate in games where they're playing well. Yeah. Is a decent floor as well. Yeah. Um, and then Bont, I mean, if Bont is Bont, you just get him if he gets it. I mean, Bevo said he was going to play more forward than plays him 73% CBAs. So, I mean, just wait and see. Yep. Fair enough. All right. Let's power through this last section. It's, well, probably not something we should power through, but it's very important. It's players that may have topped out in price. We should be trading out. Who we think you should not trade out at any in any circumstance, and then obviously the rookies on the bubble, and then ones to keep a watch on um, that have just played their first game in the week, just gone. So trade outs. We'll start here and in and in defence, and and the first ones uh, Bowie and being a great pick. Another poor score has come that he sort of dropped in a, a month ago, and 
He's got, I think he's just under 400K, but his break even's over 100 now, right, JD? So he is an absolute yep. trade out this week. Yep. I don't think we need to talk too much further on him. Nope. He's number one trade out target in defense. Yep. Then the rest get a bit more interesting. And, and Mitch Hinge is the first one we've got here. Um, started very poorly on the weekend, worked his way into the game, ended up on like 75 dream teams. So he did work into it, had a good second half um, as far as finding the ball. Just wasn't able to, to recover that score um, enough. Scored 53. He's break even 71. I think this is more circumstantial into, into the team and who you have. Like if you have McCartan, if you've got obviously DeConning, you'd probably still have. And maybe a give because Hinge is probably the number one trader of those three. Oh, I think he is. If you've already got rid of the others, like I've already – I traded McCartan when he was out. So that's probably a mistake on my part. Um, Hinge is one I'll be holding. What? Do you think there, guys? Like he's he's gonna drop if he drops a sixty, his break even goes back down to forty next week. So he's not like a major priority, but um, he's someone you could probably trade out this week. Yeah, that's right. I'm trading him out just because I don't have any of the options that would be better to trade out. So I'd have Bowie ahead. Um, probably he's the only one I'd have ahead. Like I don't know, Gibkiss. I think you could trade just because he's made more cash, and like I think you'd rather field hinge during the buys. Yep. Um, Noddy, his break even, I think it's back down to 55. So, like, you could trade him out. And then Dacos is the best buy and best on field option. So, I'd probably rather hold him than Hinge. But yeah, Hinge is a perfectly fine hold. But um, 71 break even, he's like, you can go this week if he's your only real option in defense to get rid of. Just know that he will make more money. And you might have to feel slightly bad about that when he hits, like, I don't know, 320K in a handful of weeks' time. Yep. Did you hold him, George? Uh, who? Mitch Hinge. No. He, no uh, right, right. Um, yeah, I didn't know if he'd be sub or not. More than happy to move him on, though. Yeah. What about O'Driscoll? You have him. I don't think me and JD do. What's your thoughts there? Uh, I think he's a trade out if you want. I'm going to hold just suits suits my setup. So he's going to be my bench for a while through the buys rather than Dacos just because I want to access his money. It's okay. a bit annoying because I'd rather hold Dacos, but i got five primary defense now. Just okay with fielding McCartan on field, so... Yep. Fair enough. Let's move to the midfield and one man that I've already traded out and that's Jared Berry. Very disappointing that him only scoring 65 against the West Coast. But I would have had to hold um, Horn Francis anyway. So Berry, he's got to go as well. Um, he's break-even shot up. and um, One-on-one. Yeah, just pretty disappointing. There's potential in the pick, but he just hasn't been able to, to capture it and... Um, what finish on about 100k made if you've still got him at this point. So it's just a little disappointing, but he's got to go. Horn Francis, you guys got any um, thoughts on him? Time to yeah. go. Yep. Yeah, you can definitely trade him out. I mean, yeah, uh, uh, Barry's in the same category as Bowie, which is like has to go this week. Yeah, um, Horn Francis could be held, but he's more than comfortable moving him on. I think I moved him on two weeks ago, haven't regretted it. I assume he moved him on last week's probably in the same boat. Yeah. Um, Josh Ward, we've got here. He's had the rest, so um, he'll be back this week. I think his break even is still very achievable. Just he hasn't made many much money at all. I think it's like sixty k. Um, again, he can go. He might not. He's someone I might just go to to access some money to do an upgrade. But uh, I can see him being held as well. Just sort of praying he turns around some form. Got got a week off, and maybe maybe he comes back. Um, in some better nick but yeah he's either way not one way or the other 
Rochelle, I think if he hasn't gone already, he's definitely time to go. Um, he's break even. What's that? If you got a handy, JD? See three dropped another seventeen k on the week just gone. So yeah, yep. He's got to go. Then we got Roses. Yeah, I don't think you jumped on board, JD. But George, that's oh no, I've got Roses. Uh, yep. You've got Roses as well. Yeah. I was worried about this, and this is what this part plays into the the Rioli that we're talking in a bit. But just small forward, and I guess Roses is playing in a worse team. But they had a win, and and he just wasn't any part of that. He what fifty tog, sixty tog week just gone, George. Yeah, sixty nine tog, and then fifty six tog. So he's I mean, made what sixty k, and now his break even's going to be maybe poor the for a big couple of weeks. Warning here was like bring him after the calf was like the thing that we needed to pay attention to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just in, oh, but it could just be like variants and small forwards. It's just really unfortunate because after back-to-back 70s in his first two games, he didn't need to do much to make 100K, like pretty easily trot that in. <laughs> no. And yeah. instead, and he, didn't do like, it. <laughs> he, he probably will, yeah, he'll probably make more money than what he's at now, like 198. But the reality is he's got two weeks of bad, you know, 50s break-evens just because he's got the, the 14 in his system. And... You need to access cash quickly. I, I don't really have time to wait for him to, you know, yep. get through the next two weeks and then maybe make some cash and whatever it may be. Like I just, I'd rather trade him, and whoever I trade in this week is going to be priced the same as him in two weeks anyway. Yep. So I think just like you can obviously hold if you've got bigger problems, but I'm happy to already cycle him back out to access the money. And I think we could just say the same can be said for the next guys. Dixon, I mean, he's been dropped due to his. Off-field behavior. Clubbing. Third and pumped out at 60 for me, and now his break-even's back down to six, which I said, you know, I think in our last pod is someone that could maybe help be held. And he's, you know, job security role, all that's very fine. So he's someone I might just stick through the buys with. McDonald, same can be said. Durden, yeah. Like, he played really well. He was good. Yeah, he was good. And with Martin out for probably the next couple of weeks, um, maybe he gets to play the, the field more. I don't know if that's a thing or not, but he's... I didn't even like, know that. I think um, Durden uh, has got a six break even. He's probably got two more weeks that you could keep him. And then he's got the same problem, like troublesome first buy. So I'd, I'd wait for him to get to 230 or 240 in the next couple of weeks and then flick him. Yep. Let's get to go. Oh, we'll quickly go. Nick Martin. Guys, can, I, just... can I just say one yeah. thing? Connor McDonald is my favorite rookie for this year. He's D-P-P. been shafted <laughs> in the worst role, and he's just constantly ticking along, giving us 45s and 50s. <laughs> we can hold him to the last buy, last buy. DPPs, he kicks a snag. Kicked a few snags this year as well. So, yeah, appreciate <laughs> Connor McDonald's work. I know it's been a very incremental process of Jeez, that's, making that's money. That's an unsung hero if I've ever heard one. Well, he's been... Some would say pick from 203k. Like he's just, yeah. he, some mean, would he's say still, failed pick. I think he's a hero. Right. So he's he's made more money money than Ward. He's made more money than Rochelle as of right now as well. So and he's mm-hmm. got DPP and he's got the last buy. Like yes, you don't want to put him anywhere near your field, but he's actually been much more useful to me than these other rookies. He he's going to come through for us in the buys. <laughs> George is feeling a what a fifty five, <laughs> maybe maybe a high fifties. Yeah, I'm mid-field. not sure. He, I'm not sure he's cracked fifty five yet. Maybe he has. I'm not sure. Uh, Ward's only gone <laughs> over sixty once. I know that. Yeah, he had. Um, um, C Mac had a fifty five last week and a fifty five. Sorry, like Can two support? weeks ago. And then a 55 in uh, round two. So there you go. That's his high score twice. A, we're going to get a 65 in the vice. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go crazy, wow. man. Don't go crazy. 
All right, let's wrap this up with, well, quickly Nick Martin and Proust we've got here. Just, they're not guys you should be looking to trade. If you are, you're probably a little bit mental. I mean, Nick Martin, maybe in a week or two, he does have that first buy, as we mentioned, off the top. So, I don't know, man. He's averaging 90. I don't don't see him as one that needs to go, but... It was more just like, once we started listing out the rookies, it's like, oh, there's not many left that you shouldn't trade out. But yeah, like... Bruce and Martin are the definitely do not touches. And then I think there's almost no situation where McCartan, DeConning, McDonald, or Durden are trade outs this week either. No. Let's get to this is very important the rookies on the bubble. And there's probably three main um, targets. Well, there is. And then there's probably one in the ruck that may uh, apply to a few people um, depending on your setup. But. We'll start with Maurice Rioli. He's got the mid-forward status. And DPP, maybe a big, big help during the buys as well. So that's going to be handy. He's got the 82 average over the two games. Um, played really well from what I, I mean. He was electric at the ground watching him. Um, I was in that pocket actually where he chased down Nick Dacos. And then he set up another goal with another chase down. And, and um, yeah, the whole team was loving it. So I don't know. Like, a 90 and a 70, yes, it looks very good. I mean, the, the West Coast game, he just filled up at the end with some goals to boost that score. But the 70-odd that he scored this week off the back of some forward pressure was really, really promising. Negative 92 break even. I think his he's, he's job security sorry, is secure. The scoring is just the big thing. Like, it could be Roses 2.0 and we could get it within two weeks of each other or a week even. <laughs> like, it's just something that could happen. I think the positives are what of our next two games. I think they're Essendon and Hawthorne or vice versa. So that's a bit of a positive with him. But I think of these three here, his job security is the best um, that we're going to talk about. So what are your thoughts on Rioli? Are you, you two bringing him in? George? Not sure. I think the job security is the selling point and the DPP. Yeah. Um, might be able to like hold him for the rest of the year because I think I've got enough money to finish the team with what I've got once they all keep going up. So someone you can hold through the buys, I guess, which would be nice. So has the first buy, which I think is good because that means you can second and third, you can just hold it. They all do that we'll be talking about. So, yeah. So I guess I just look at his VFL numbers and I'm waiting for a 20 score. I think it was Mm. averaged in the forties or something in the VFL for fantasy, but. I mean, I'll take your word for it. If, um, you watched the game, saw him live. So, um, I yeah. mean, that's just watching it. That doesn't mean, again, the scoring is yeah. going to be good week to week. It does it. But watching him, he was awesome. It's just, is that uh, is that something you can keep up? And it's just not something you always get the opportunity to do. Like, you know, a big chase down tackle like that, like that's worth a good amount of points. It doesn't mean you're going to get one of them every week. You get a couple of them. It doesn't mean you're going to get them every week. They're just, uh, I mean, if you keep doing it, it's something that, you'll have more opportunity to get, but, you know, it's got to fall your way. Um, Jack Carroll, JD, you speak to us about him. He, um, what, he started the game with zero touches in the first quarter, but worked his yep. way into it. Yeah, and then finished on a 59. So it kind of sc- uh, shows where he's scoring powers at, especially when he had, I think, what, a score in the 90s um, the first week, like a 90, oh, I can't remember now. It was about that, but- yeah. Yeah, but it was uh, a good score. So, like, definitely, um, like, scoring potential is there in his current role. The problem is that current role has been, like, a bit of inside mid, bit of outside mid. It feels like he's been filling in with those rotations with Hewitt being out, and it's kind of hard to see that persisting once Hewitt's back, which is presumably this week. So you are a little bit uncertain of both job security and then what his role would be once Hewitt comes back. 
But if, you know, like apart from that, he looks like he'd be traditionally probably the one that we would like most of these just because he's a midfielder that was highly touted as a draft pick. Um, yeah. System a couple so, of years, right? Uh, second it, year. Yeah, second, second year. year. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, Had when someone like something. Rioli Jr., it feels very reminiscent of Roses already. <laughs> um, and then Hamilton, who we'll talk about next, place for yeah GWS. So there's a lot to like about Carroll. I, I guess, yeah, the other thing that we've mentioned is like all three of these players have the first buy, and I don't know if you can yeah. bring in all three of them. So, yeah. Or like even two of them with the same first buy. Yep. He also doesn't Cooper. have DPP, only one of the three. Yeah. Cooper, Hamilton, and George, what... Have you noticed with the the Giants set up there? He seems like he's sort of secure in that whatever role he's got at half back. Um, wasn't you know ninety time on ground in the week just gone? Um, what what are you noticing with him? Did not see him after half time, but he was pretty good before then. Um, takes a few marks behind the play, a few spoils. I think he's they'll persist with him. There's one guy I think Fahey's putting up really big numbers in the VFL. Maybe takes his spot. Not sure. Um, I'd probably pass on him for Rioli purely for job security purposes. Mm. Uh, I don't, Rioli has an extra year in the system as well. I guess the price point is pretty nice. Um, I don't really want to carry a dead rookie into the buy rounds. And look, I think Hamilton's a good chance to keep his spot. I just don't know for sure. But you need to seem a bit more confident in Rioli holding his spot. So uh, I don't really want to take that risk. Um, probably averages 50. A um, bit easier to score when you're behind the ball. So I, I like when he did touch the ball, he was pretty good. So I don't mind him, but I just don't really know if he's going to keep his spot. So yeah, not not too sure. I'm going to pass, I think. But um, okay. yeah, I'm not against... If, there, if he was all we got, I'd probably go for him. Let's do the uh, the difficult task in ranking them. Like uh, probably most people, if you're boosting, are looking to bring in two of them. Um, but anyway, at least I think everyone will be bringing at least one. So rank them in order. It's tough. Uh, it is tough, assuming obviously they're all picked and, and named. For me, I think, yeah, just with the job security, I'm going to go Maurice, number one, even though I think it could be catastrophic with his scoring but I think he will play for the next month and that's what we want through the buys um, it's probably got to be five or six weeks right because he's got gonna you want to gonna want him for the last two um, and then the next two are very tough I think I just put Hamilton ahead of Carroll got the DPP as well is 102k um, and I'll put Carroll third but that's sort of me just uh, guessing ahead that Carroll may not have the greatest job security but I guess Hamilton doesn't either. So that's for, I've got it listed there, Rioli, Hamilton, Carroll. But yeah, it's not easy, and I've got to grab two. So it's it's I've got to avoid one here, but I don't know which one that's going to be. George, uh, it's a tough one. I think first I'd have Hamilton third. I just favour the extra in the system of the other two players. It's weird with Carroll because he would not be playing if Hewitt wasn't out. So does he hold? He was playing really well in the VFL, wasn't he? He had a good yeah. few weeks. So he's like, I guess, knocking the door down. But yeah. I'm probably more interested in Cooper Stevens next week. So I'm actually, don't think I'm, I actually think I'm grabbing none of these players. Uh, probably Rioli first, purely for job security. Uh, Carroll, then Hamilton. 
But I think I'd, if I had to pick one on my field, it would be Carroll. Yep. Yeah, if he holds that spot, uh, he'd be the one. JD? Yeah, this is really interesting because <laughs> I had um, uh, Cooper as number one, Cooper Hamilton as number one on the proviso that he gets picked this week. So I think after that smashing, if he continues to hold his spot, that's probably a good sign um, just with how GWS seems to pick teams. So I would be, yeah, I would probably pick him one, just DPP, cheapest price, like the extra 21K is useful. Uh, and he actually has a much better role than Rioli and probably a better role than Carol once Hewitt comes back. So it, it's really interesting. Uh, like, I guess we'll just wait and see what happens with teams. So, um, yeah, and maybe this uncertainty is why I'm kind of considering like only picking one of these rather than two this week and still going early on Clark, just because Clark I'd prefer as an on-field option to all of them, doesn't share the same buy uh, and then won't have the same, you know, job security concerns as the rest. Yep. All right, let's wrap this up quite quickly we've got an hour and 30 here there's one more to talk about on the bubble that's probably stranatica if you have a spot there you're a praise truther you've got you know someone like dixon r3 or hayes or someone still sitting there that you can cash in he's probably your man i, I know there's aiden beg below there but i th- i think no. Stranatica's no yeah i just didn't didn't like what i saw from but he might be a good player but it's just still too early Stranick has at least been around for a while. He's on a list quite a long time ago. He's been toiling away in the waffle for a while. and looked pretty decent against the Tigers last time he played. So he's had the week off. He's on his bubble. You assume he comes back into the team. If you are a praise owner and someone that can get him at R3, would you look at him, George? Not sure he holds. I think he's still their best option, but do they want to persist with BJ when he comes back from the hammy? Not sure. So for that reason, I'll pass. JD, I mean, none of us are in this position, old George, but he's probably getting a primo. But yeah, if you were in that position, would you look at him? <laughs> JD. Oh, it's like, it's hard because <laughs> you... you. I don't <laughs> care. I'm not in this position. Move on. No, I'm not in this position either. Oh, sorry. I, you guys want to go fast. Sorry. You had no time for thinking. Uh, I don't well, hate it just still because, watching. Uh, because a dead rookie at R3 is like whatever. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Move it on. First game right. is to look at. Yeah, Clark, go for it, Jenny. You could still bring you in this week. Cooper Stevens, yeah. mid for Geelong. 66 if he holds, he'll be a good option. Jaya Miss went well, 75, and uh, was a dead-eyed dick for Freo, but probably can't bring him in. And then the only other one that might be interesting is just because people need defender options for downgrades the next two weeks is Bukakamas and Rory Thompson for Gold Coast. Both scored pretty poorly at 41 and 38 respectively, but um, I don't know. I think like we'll reassess next week is whether they're yeah. real options that just have job security during buys. Yep, we can talk about them in a future podcast. Yeah, some people might want to go on early on Buku because they want to get back line cash. I'd probably, be hesitant. Yeah, I think we'll hold though. They got forward injuries. They got a lot of injuries, yeah. A lot of pl- if Keith uh, English come back and he holds, he's interesting as an option. Yep. We'll do that uh, Friday video as well to talk about probably more in depth, Rioli, Hamilton and Carroll, what we think after teams have not dropped because it is a bit hard. But let's do the captain, vice captain boys and and head off here. What what are we thinking? I'm... Obviously, depends on if you've got any loops around. I've still got Mitch Owens. So, Saints play fairly early in the week. I'm probably looking at McRae VC and then a plethora of options as a captain, you know, could go 
Could go Took maybe if you trust him. Clary against West Coast looks pretty nice, just safe. So McCrane to Clary is what I've got right now. JD, what are you looking at? Uh, yeah, I guess just like the only loophole I'm potentially going to have is Stevens, which is early game or like mid game. Mid, yeah. And the only real option before that is the dog. So yeah, I think it's probably McCrae into Neil or Oliver. Yeah, Neil does look tasty as well against the Crows. George? McRae into Neil. Yep. Maybe could go yep. Gorn, but I've, yeah, see if the injury report him. first. Yeah, if, if I don't change my plans five times. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys, been a pleasure, been a long one, but an important one. There's... Um, yeah, those rookies are going to really determine like the job security is going to be important. That's why I just had Maurice at the top because I think he'll play through the buys and it will be important to have that body. But something we'll assess on that Friday video, we'll, we'll decipher it more and, and how our teams are looking with trades. But been a, been a pleasure, boys. JD. Thank you. Thanks, Eno. Uh, thanks, George, as always. George. Pleasure. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Cheers.